0: You know, today is a special day in many ways. It's the day after Christmas, and many of you have uh, uh, PCS, post-Christmas syndrome. You know, you're trying to get over it, you know, all of the turkey. I hope none of y'all ate turkey for breakfast this morning. I don't want you going to sleep on me, you know, uh, nah. But we, uh, so we, we have that going on. It's the day after Christmas. It's the last Sunday, and actually the last time that we will gather In this year, 2021, as a worship gathering, because we're not having midweek service this week. So when we come back next Sunday, it will be next year. But it's also a very special day. It's Patrick's birthday upstairs. Everybody wave up there to Patrick and tell him happy birthday. It was just the other day. But we also have another really special birthday going on uh, today. Today is the day. Today is the day that it's Miss Eunice's birthday. Can I tell? 91 years young today. And, and she looks like she's 65, doesn't she? You know, I hope. Miss Eunice, I hope I do as well as you if the Lord gives me as many years, but happy birthday to you today. So, but it's good to have everyone else here and, uh, we appreciate you. Those that are watching my live stream, uh, this morning, it's, uh, and I forgot to start mine. I don't even know where my phone's at. I always urge you to go ahead and to share the live stream if you have the opportunity. It just, uh, it just puts that much more of our broadcast and our word out. I'm doing it right now. That's how quick it can be done. Just, just did it. So, but we always want you to, uh, feel free to share that. And those of you watching virtually, we appreciate you. We, uh, we'd love to have you here some ways and somehow I realize that that is not possible, but in other ways maybe it is and we would always love to have you joining us at Voice of Praise. So I want to say to you this morning, welcome home. Welcome home. I'm glad you're here. You know, we just got through Christmas yesterday, as I've already mentioned a couple of times. And maybe uh, some of you got to see some family members, some loved ones you hadn't seen in a good while. And it was always good to see them home and uh, and to welcome them home. Maybe you got to go home. And uh, it, it's always nice to be at home. There's no place like home, an old song says. Be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. And we're glad that you're here this morning. And we want it to be home for you here at Voice of Praise. Well, this morning, I want to preach a message to you that I have entitled, In the Beginning Was Bread. Now, and no, you will not find this scripture in Genesis, at least not in that particular order. But we do know all things were created by God, don't we? So he created bread. Mm-hmm. now bread is good I like bread my wife can't eat bread unless it's made with gluten free flour rice flour or, flour or uh, something like that because of a, uh, uh, a autoimmunity disease that she has and she used to really love bread didn't you sister Sarah but now she gets I make her gluten free corn bread every once in a while I'll make her gluten free biscuits and you, you know don't make fun of me I like to cook I cook I, I love to cook, you know. Beg your pardon? Yeah, and gluten-free sausage balls made with gluten-free biscuit, you know. But there's something about bread. Not too many people dislike bread. Bread is wonderful. Do you realize that at the root of Krispy Kreme donuts is bread? You know, uh, the, and uh, I'll, I'll make some references to some scriptures as we go into this this morning, but, but bre- bread is a wonderful thing. Yesterday we had corn bread, and we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, the rolls that you put in the oven, and Sarah didn't make them by hand, but she bought, for, bought, bought them for all of the rest of the family that can eat. Uh, bread and, uh, it's those frozen ones and they swell up and then you put them in the oven and cook them. They're really good too. You know, bread's hard to beat. I can remember when I was a child going, one of my fondest memories of going to my grandparents' house is my, my granddad sat on one end of the kitchen table. My grandma sat on the other end of the kitchen table. And my, they both had their own cabinet with their own stuff in it. And I can remember on top of my granddaddy's cabinet, there was different kinds of bread. It was the, Marita, old fashioned and he always he liked the Roman meal that I don't even know if they make it anymore not that brown bread and he always had bread on his cabinet but in his cabinet he had Peter Pan peanut butter and I always liked to when I went one of my fondest memories of going to my grandparents house on my mom's side was to go and get into my granddaddy's bread and his peanut butter bread's good stuff we like it. Most of us do. If you don't like, like it, send it over my way. I've got just a few more days before I go back on keto diet because on keto you can't have any bread. Okay? And it's helped me, but it's also hard. So bread is good. We, we all, most of us in this room like bread. In fact, when you think of cakes, you know, a cake is a form of bread, if you would. We think about, uh, all of the other little things that we may like, honey, the honey buns. I've already mentioned Krispy Kreme donuts, but we like bread. Let's face it; in the beginning was bread. Somewhere along the way, Uh, you know, we don't. We find record that Adam and Eve they didn't they didn't eat they didn't eat flesh in those early days, so they had to eat of grain. They ate bread. Bread's good. Now, when we think about Jesus, we celebrated Christmas yesterday. Most of us know by now, if you hadn't already figured it out, that Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the place of bread. Bethlehem is the place of bread. In the beginning was bread in the beginning we like bread we love bread bread is good bread makes us fat bread 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 is full of carbs bread gives us energy bread just tastes good especially with butter or 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 when we if you prefer that crispy cream variety when it has when that hot and fresh sign is on you know a hot and ready sign that bread is good Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem. Now, the town of Bethlehem, if you would, is the house of bread. And, and why, why would Jesus, of all the places in the world Jesus could have been born, of all the places in the world that God ordained and He did ordain for, for, his, for his Son to become incarnate and live, God to live in the body of a man, why in the world? Bethlehem still today is just a little bitty place. It's just a little village more or less, stuck up on a rocky hillside. There's not a lot there. It's, it's, uh, other than, than for us and the way be, we behold it in many ways as Christian believers, Bethlehem doesn't have tremendous significance, uh, in the world. It's not a, a, a huge trade city or anything like that. Bethlehem is just a common place. So, so just maybe, just maybe the point of the matter is that, that God chose to come to a common place and, uh, you know, yesterday we were, we had the TV on watching some old, Sarah's dad loves old TV especially, old country music and stuff like that. And that was a, 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 a video that came on of a country singer and he said, I'm just a common man with a common plan. You know, and we we look at Jesus, and we we and we think about the plan of God that He had to save the world, and, and we think sometimes it's so complicated. But the reality of it is, it was as common as can be. He he's born in Bethlehem, the place of bread, a place of commonality, if you would. He was not born as royalty. He was not. He was not birthed in the rich hotel or in the finest of hospitals. He wasn't born in riches. He wasn't even born as a celebrity. Very common. Bethlehem. The house of bread. And we find that, that when we begin to search the scripture in, in Micah, his, the prophecy, the prophetic word of Micah said, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, you are small among the clans of Judah, but out of you, "...will come for one, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times." Now, Wednesday night, if you weren't here or if you didn't watch the video uh, of it, we talked about, Sarah and I talked about in our Wednesday night message about how God always has been and He always will be. Listen, this plan of Jesus, it wasn't anything new that happened on uh, December 25th, which it probably that's not the right date anyway, but December 25th of uh, of, of 2053 or whatever it could be, you know, uh, years ago, but, but, but it It wasn't something that just happened. This this plan of salvation, this bread of life has always existed in the mind of God. Even before He created this world. Even before He spoke the sun in existence and and cast the planets into place and made the moons and the stars. Before any of that happened, this whole thing was in the mind of God. And Michael relates to that as he... Gives his prophetic word, but he speaks about how out of Bethlehem, there's out of, out of the, out of the simpleness, out of the plainness, out of the commonality of Bethlehem, the house of bread is a ruler that's going to come, that's going to save the nation. Now, the problem with the Jews are they, and many of them still today, they were looking for a a king to come riding on a white horse and a scepter in his hand. And let me tell you something, that day is coming. But that's not the way that Jesus came. Jesus came in humility. Jesus came in simplicity, if you would. And he came to live and dwell just like any of the rest of us. He came to be God-man. So the house of bread... Bread is one of the most common things that we have in life. You know, even in, well, nowadays they probably do better than we do. But you know, in prison, they would used to give prisoners bread and water. You know why? Because it, they both provide the, the, the basic substance of life to help somebody to live. Oh, any of us in this room, it may not be pleasant to us, but if we have bread and water, we could survive. Physically, without starving to death. God came in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ, and He lived in a human fleshly body that was born to a virgin and and just that we may have everything that we need. What we struggle with, though, is we have hard times discerning between what our needs are and our wants are. We struggle with that at times. But then... We also see that not only was Jesus born in the town of bread, Bethlehem, but we also find out that Jesus is identified as being the bread of life. Again, the bread of life. The bread, bread is something that will sustain us. Now for me, a Krispy Kreme donut's a treat. You know, it's really, I, I like their coffee really good. It's just they happen to have those, that red sign on when I go to get coffee. You know what I mean? You know? If, if, and listen, this, this was, this was brought to us in one of our youth conferences accelerated a number of years ago. If you have stale Krispy Kreme donuts, the process is to wrap them up in a paper towel, nine seconds, not a second less, not a second more, nine seconds in a microwave and the hot and ready signs back on. Okay? But bread, bread will bring life to all of us. Bread will energize us. Bread, bread will, will sustain us. And we find it. When we, when we read the scripture, it, Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. Never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, when we begin to, to 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 think about Jesus in the in the sense of bread, we look at Jesus as He is our sustenance. He is our hope. He is He gives us life. None of us in this room can live without some type of nutrition. We would die. We, 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 would, we would enter into malnutrition. Then we would progress into starvation. And then we would eventually, our body would begin to shut down and we would die. So therefore, you, uh, many of you all, like me, if you look at me on the profile side, you can tell I do a lot of work to just try to keep from dying. Okay? And some of you are... Guilty as well. Some of you all oh, you are like me. You you're really working real hard at not dying. You know you're. But but the reality of it is the reality of it is we 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 don't eat sometimes just because we're we're suffering near malnutrition or that let alone starvation. Some most of us just like it because our taste buds and our palate. Tell our brain what to do and we eat stuff that we don't need when we don't, uh, or we're not even hungry for it and we just like the taste of it. It's just like me, me, me and Sister Taylor right here. We are going to, we are going to be delivered as soon as Chick-fil-A stops selling those peppermint milkshakes. We are going to be delivered. We're gonna be set free when they when they discontinue them for the season. I will be set free when McDonald's quit serving the macribs for the Christmas season. I will be set free. But but you don't know. No, no, we we consume. My point is, we consume stuff on our bodies because we like it and we enjoy it. It goes beyond even being a necessity. But do you understand this? More important than what we can give these bodies. More important than satisfying the taste buds of our mouth. More important than satisfying our palate with, with, uh, Christmas milkshakes and macribs or, or or large pizzas with everything on it or chocolate pies whatever it is that you like Krispy Kreme donuts more important than any of that stuff is that we find the way and we become conscientious of feeding our souls and nourishing our souls with the, with with the the nutrition of heaven if you would and Jesus said I am the bread of life and He who comes to me will never go hungry. Let me tell you something. I get hungry sometimes. It's not because I'm starving. It's not because that I'm suffering malnutrition. But I get hungry sometimes just because I have a habit of eating. If we would ever come to our place in our spiritual life where we realize that Jesus is our bread. He is my sustenance. He is what keeps me going. He not only keeps me going, but He satisfies the most, the most, most uh, obscure cravings of my life. When I, whatever I need, whatever I want, whatever I can desire in life, Jesus can fulfill that in my life if I will pursue Him. He says, John, in John, same book, John chapter 6, Jesus said, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and they died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, now Jesus is... is Jesus is speaking here of going back into the, to the days of the, the Israelites because listen, these Jews, they knew their ancestors well. They, they didn't have ancestry.com, but the, the, but their ancestry had been passed down through generations, through generations. They knew about Moses. They knew about Abraham. They knew about 40 years in the wilderness. And they knew that, that God fed the, their ancestors, though it was many generations before, they knew that God had fed their ancestors in the wilderness. He said, I'll provide for you manna. He said, it's going to fall out of heaven for you. Uh, six days a week, you can't keep it if you try to keep it. If you try to bundle it up or or can it, it's going to rot. Except on that sixth day, on the sixth day, you can gather enough to keep you over the seventh day because the seventh day is the Sabbath. So every single day, listen to this, every single day, the Israelites got fresh bread. Manna simply means what is it? Now, my friend Richard Kingery said he knew what it was. It had to be pinto beans. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know what it was. But every single day, got actually, it was probably a white flake. If you read the biblical description, it was probably something. Maybe a little bit like rice or something like that. Well, whatever it was, it was enough to take care of Israel for those forty years wandering in the wilderness. But they still died. And Jesus said, this is the difference between my bread and the bread that fell to your forefathers. They could eat it. It lasted. That bread was only good for a day. The next day he had to give them more bread. And the next day he gave them more bread. And it was always fresh. But here's the thing about it. They still died. They still died. It didn't keep them alive forever. But Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. He said, and I will keep you alive, not only in this life, but throughout all of eternity. I will sustain you, I will keep you, and I will supply you, you your every need. You see, bread is actually a good metaphor of, of who Jesus is. Because just as bread satisfies, gratifies, and strengthens us physically, Jesus does that for us spiritually. He does that for us spiritually you know we we right now we 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 can witness we all can sit here and think of somebody and don't be pointing fingers or elbowing somebody right now but we're all we can all think of somebody that's constantly looking and they're searching and they're they're you know we live in the america you know there's life liberty the pursuit of happiness we we are a people that are always looking always searching always wanting something different and some more so than others and but when you think about it, it's, doesn't it seem like sometimes we're always pursuing, but never finding? Doesn't it seem like we're always seeking, but we never locate? Doesn't it seem like that we're all time grabbing and we, we spend money that we don't have on stuff we don't need to impress people that don't care? But when the substance of life all comes through Jesus Christ, the satisfaction of life will come through him. In fact, Isaiah the prophet, he said this. He said, why spend money on what is not bread? Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair." You see... A lot of times we have just, and we includes me, we have just spun our wheels and we have just wasted our substance looking for something to 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 get us through the next day, to get us to 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 make us happy for just another day or two. I, I want to tell you what I'm not against. If you got a new car, bless your heart. I, I, I'm glad that you've got it. But listen to me, I remember those times when I went, uh, one time, one time I went to a car lot and I bought, it wasn't exactly a brand new, it was a program car, but it had never been titled before. And I went and bought that brand new car and, and about two weeks later, I got this big old thick book about this thick in the mail and, and you, you wrote out a check and you tore off a coupon and you mailed it in. I want to tell you something. I love that car. I, I, I have to be honest. Honest is good for the sold, but it can be bad for the reputation this will be bad for my reputation that car was a Ford but I bought it anyway man that thing was black It was five speed. It had aluminum wheels on it. That thing, man, it was pretty full. I want you to know it was. But after about six of those coupons being tore out and my check stapled to the back of it and mailing it in, I was tired of that thing. I went to the dealership and I said, I want you to take it back. He said, well, we just can't take it back. So I ended up trading it in on something that was a whole lot cheaper. But what I'm saying is we we look, we search, we're constantly pursuing something that is going to satisfy us. We we pursue it in many different ways. And I'm not I'm not going to get into all of that this morning. But we look for bread in all the wrong places. When God has everything that we need and what Isaiah is saying, he said, pursue the good bread. So pursue the the bread that's going to satisfy, pursue the bread that's going to take care of you. Here's the third thing I want to leave you with. I can't eat your bread for you. You can't eat my bread. Okay. Now, in the natural sense, if I, if some of you fine ladies in the church decided you want to make some big old loaves of yeast bread and bring a pastor a loaf and put my name on it, I would greatly appreciate it. Don't worry about bringing the butter or the apple butter. I already have plenty of it, of each. Please do it in the next week because we're going back on keto after next week. But you know, I could have a loaf of bread and I could say, hey Nathan, will not you eat this loaf of bread for me? And he could eat it with all the butter and the apple butter and everything, anything else he wanted to put on. And he could eat it, but you know what? It wouldn't affect me in either way, whether good or bad. It wouldn't affect me in any way. I wouldn't even know what it would taste like because he ate my bread. You see, in, in life, in reality, you in, in, your, in, our, in the spiritual sense, nobody else can eat your bread for you. If they could, it wouldn't do you any good. What your what your grandma and your grandpa did for you, and they, as, as wonderful servants of the Lord as they probably were. What your mom and what your dad did for you, uh, as good a service of the Lord as they were. What the the old preacher that you sat under as you were growing up, or maybe your Sunday school teacher, as wonderful as they were, and and and, and how they blessed your life. They really can't eat your bread. You see. Jesus, Jesus said this, he said, I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There's not a person in this room, some of you I don't know as well as others, some of you I barely know. Maybe today's the first time you ever I've ever met you in my life, but I, I will say this in the words of my friend Pastor Jeff: I love you, but but I can't fix anything for you. People will come to to pastors just like me, and they they will come to us and and they'll say, I need you to do this, and I need you to do that, or. Or maybe that somebody's coming to you and I need you to do this, I need you to do that for me. But listen to me. Nobody can fix your situation. Nobody can eat your bread. You have to. You have to get a hold of Jesus for yourself. You have to, you have to find that relationship with Him for yourself. Because I can't do it for you. I can point you in the direction most certainly, and I hope I've done that this morning. I, I, I could, I can give you, I can, I can hand you a road map. I can draw you a road map out and say, okay, here's how you get there. You follow this map and, and even now, hey, we can do it GPS style. You know, you can bring it up on your Bible app. I, I, I can point you in the right direction. I can, I can give you some instruction, but the reality of it is you have to eat your own bread. I can't eat it for you nor can anyone else and it's and it's all about decisions he said I'm the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never go hungry we live in a I literally wasn't planning on going into this hadn't really even thought about it to be frank with you but I'm here and I think I'll go ahead because somebody said go ahead we, we live in an age and time when, when everything is, is what I call easy believism. And, and certainly the only way we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the only way we come to God is through faith. And faith is believing for, for things that we can't see according to Scripture. It's the substance of hope, things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. But, but, but we live in a day and a time, and I don't mean to end this year on a, on a, on a morbid note per se. I don't want to, to, to make Christmas bleak and dark right here the day after. But here's the reality of it. Everybody that leaves this world does not go to heaven. There's a popular well, I shouldn't say it's popular, but there is a doctrine going around and, and that doctrine is going around in, in, in evangelicals and Pentecostal churches. There's a doctrine going around right now that says hell isn't real. That hell is just a state of being. That, that hell just simply means if you didn't get right with God and you die and there's nothing else and that's just simply hell itself. I, 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 I come to disagree with that based on the word of God. Because hell is the place where the worm doth not, according to Scripture, the conscious mind never dies. It's a place of of consuming, yet not consuming fire. Does that make sense? Absolutely not. But I, decide, I take the Bible for what it says. But the reality is everybody don't go to heaven. Only those that get to enter, that get to enter into the presence of the Lord are those who have prepared themselves... And the only way to prepare ourselves is through a relationship with the bread of life. Jesus Christ. Going back to the title that I've tagged to this message. In the beginning was bread. Before anything ever was, before God spoke anything into existence. You see, when God said, let us, there was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there in the beginning. Before any of that ever happened... God had already planned salvation out. The bread of life. So in the beginning was bread. In The beginning was bread. And bread will sustain us. Bread will carry us through. Bread will keep us. Bread will supply everything in our life that we need. And Jesus calls himself the bread. i don't ask Madison to come back up and play something just real softly for us tonight or this morning. And uh each of you, hopefully, if you did not get a cup, if you did not get one of these little cups or if you did not get one of these candles, raise your hand and uh, Scott will take care of you. I'm thinking everybody got one. Here's what I want you to do. If you if, Lord willing, your batteries are good. You turn the bottom knob on your little candle and it's going to light up. And I'm going to ask uh Frankie or Scott, one of one of you fellas back there at the back, if you all would kill the lights in the room. And Dave, if you can pull the I don't know if you can manage, but maybe just leave one or two on at the spot, Dave. But as we end this year, and I leave with you the thought that in the beginning was bread. And that bread is Jesus. That bread will last, has and will last for all eternity because that bread is eternal bread. We're getting ready to take communion. And if somebody next to you has having a little trouble opening these cups, if you'll just reach out and help them just a little bit, peel the top clear cover back to the bread, and then the the purple-pink-looking foil will access the juice. How fitting it was when it comes down to the end of Jesus' incarnate journey that He has a meal with all of His disciples. And as they are having this meal... Guess what? Elements are involved. Bread and wine. Bread and juice. The bread, Jesus tells us, symbolizes His body. In fact, Matthew's record says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when He gave thanks, He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples, saying... Take and eat. This is my body. And as Jesus spoke that, we, we realize that this goes, goes extremely deeper than the literal sense. Yes, they did eat the bread, but I understand this goes much deeper than the literal sense. It, what Jesus was saying here to his disciples is consume me upon yourselves. Jesus wants us to be consumed with him. he wants us to be consumed with him with his person you see his body that was that was the you know that was the flesh and blood the incarnate god god in the flesh Later we know that Thomas would, would be, would see him and, and, and Thomas would be doubting and, and, and he would tell Thomas, he said, go ahead and feel the wounds in my, in, in my hands. Feel the wound in my side. Go ahead, Thomas, touch me because it was God with a flesh and blood body. It was bread, the bread of life. So while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it gave to his disciples. Right now, I want you to join me. If you're in this room and you're not a believer today, today is an excellent opportunity for you to become one. Today is an excellent opportunity to take hold of the bread. The hot and ready sign is on. Jesus is available. But join with me as we thank God for His body. And then we're going to break it. And we're going to consume it. So would you join me in prayer? Father, as we come to you today, we thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to serve you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. Your body that was given for us, Lord, that we might be saved. Your body that was wounded, Lord, that we may be healed, Lord, and our transgressions removed. Lord, we thank you for your body, Lord. Your body that was, that was beaten and tortured. Your body that was, uh, that suffered all of the afflictions of mankind. Your body, Lord, that was brutally nailed and crucified on a tree, Lord. We thank you for your body. We thank you for the pain that you took on. We thank you for the agony that you suffered. Lord, and we accept the fact that that suffering in your body secured so much for us, secured so much for us, God, and I I praise you for that. And I acknowledge today, Jesus, that you are Lord, you are Lord. And I thank you for your body that was broken for my transgressions. For my iniquity. And for my healing. Church, this morning, if you've got that wafer in your hand, this is what I want you to do with it between your fingers. I want you to just take it and break it. Break it as many times as you want to. Crush it as much as you want to. No matter how many times you break it. No, how, how, no matter how fine you crush it. That cannot compare to the crushing. That Jesus suffered for you. The Bible said in Matthew's account. That after they had. Jesus had broke the bread. He, after he blessed the bread. He broke the bread. And they consumed it. So right now. In, in observing of. Of. One of two ordinances of Scripture, the Holy Sacrament. I'm going to ask you to just take the time right now and consume the body, the broken body, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you join me right now in partaking of the bread? Father, we bless you and worship you. We thank you for your body. That was broken just for us for us the bread of life the bread of life in the beginning was bread but there's another element that goes along with the bread we find that the scripture in Matthew 26 again the very next verse tells us that when he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. My blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You see, there's a there's a principle found in the Old Testament. And that principle was in the sacrifice of the in the Old Testament under the Abraham, Abrahamic covenant. That without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sins. Blood had to be shed. God made different ways, different provisions for people to, to, to find atonement through the shedding of blood, even the poorest of people. But, but even in that, sometimes it would be difficult. And the shedding of that blood was not considered permanent in any means. But when we look at this blood, this blood that Jesus is talking about, we, now, most of us in this room, we can agree that bread doesn't bleed. But the bread of life did bleed. And because of his blood, his blood, if you read the, what the Hebrew writer had to say about it, the, the writer of Hebrews spoke of him as being a high priest, a perfect high priest that was once and for all made atonement, made sacrifice for our sins blood of Jesus is perfect. You know, we do blood mobiles from here from time to time. We have one coming up uh, a little further up in late winter, early spring. And, you know, sometimes they will take blood from people and they'll have to reject. Because there'll be an issue somewhere along the way or something. Or they can't take somebody's blood. And that's speaking of it in the natural sense. But let me tell you something. The blood of Jesus was perfect in every way. Not, not only in a medical chemical sense was the blood of Jesus perfect but the blood of Jesus was perfect in that he was the sinless son of God that came and lived in, in flesh the bread of life and because of that blood that Jesus shed there's forgiveness of sins I'm sorry. I don't mean to make this too elementary this morning, in the sense that 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 I, I count it, that you are oblivious to it. But understand with this this with me this morning. Your blood and my blood is guilty. Your blood and my blood is guilty. We are guilty. Our blood is full of guilt. But the blood of Jesus has no guilt. There is no malice. There is no sin. So it's the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice, that covers our sin. So I want us to pray. And if you notice, it says that He gave thanks for the blood. He gave thanks for the cup. So right now, you could have had the worst Christmas ever yesterday. I hope you didn't. But if you did... Maybe 2021 has been the worst year ever for your life. I hope not, but it could have been. Maybe everything has just falling apart. Maybe everything is terrible. But I want to tell you that those things may look bad in your life. And I don't take that away from you. But let me, let me leave you with this. Understand this. The greatest thing that could ever occur in your life in my life is the blood of Jesus. And he is worthy of being praised for his blood. So I'd like for you right now just to join me in thanking him for for the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood. I thank you, Lord, for through the blood of Jesus Christ we find, Lord, the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. It's an atonement, a propitiation, Lord God, for our sins. Your blood, Lord, washes us. It cleanses us. It covers us, Lord. Your blood, God. Gives us inheritance to everlasting life. Your blood, Lord, gives us, Lord, Lord, kinship to you. Kinship to your son, Jesus Christ. The blood that was shed upon the cross, Lord God, enables us, Lord, to live eternally with you, Lord. Lord, we're exempt from hell, Lord. We're, Lord, the blood of Jesus, Lord, will keep us, Lord God. Lord, in your presence forever and ever and ever. So today, Lord, we praise you for your blood. We thank you, Lord, for the work that it brings, Lord. For it will never lose its power. It will never be washed away. Lord, it will never fade. Lord, we bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Jesus, for your blood. And as you have a cup in your hand, and yes, I know it's only grape juice, but it's symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's more than just saying, I know about the blood. But this morning, this is symbolic of consuming the blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. So will you take the cup and will you drink with it? We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the blood. The blood. You know enough of that to sing a little bit of it, Madison? Pull your mic around there and sing just a little bit. Church. This morning, you're in this room, or maybe you were at home taking communion, but maybe you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. This is what I want to ask you to do. I want you to right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want you to say this. I just want you to say, Jesus. I acknowledge your body, and I acknowledge your blood. And today, I. Ask you to forgive me of my sin. I accept that forgiveness in Jesus name. May I walk in
1: repentance
0: before you. Mold me, shape me, let me grow in you. Today, Lord Jesus, by your blood and your body, I have faith that I have been saved. I have been redeemed. I'm no longer my own, but I belong to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Through faith. Amen. Amen. If you guys go ahead and bring up the room lights for us, please. Now... Here's, here's, if you were in this room and you prayed that prayer, or if you were watching my live stream and you prayed that prayer, and you actually did that in faith, let me tell you something. You proclaim your salvation in faith in Jesus Christ. What a way. What a way to complete Christmas. What a way to finish 2021. The president of this country has said that this is going to be the winter of death. He's talking about a disease and a virus that's spread around through our country. And sadly, there are people that are losing their life to that virus. But I proclaim this winter as a winter of life because Jesus said, I have come to bring you life and I've come to bring it to you more abundantly. And I proclaim life over Bluewell and Bluefield and Taswell and Bozzavane and, and, and all of McDowell County and Bland County or wherever else you may be from. I proclaim life over the United States of America because Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And I proclaim that and I rebuke death in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here today.
1: Happy New Year from Sarah and myself.